everybody. Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jesse. Tim, I'm not going to lie, I can't believe I flubbed that intro right there for a second. You know what? Not that bad, though. I hardly noticed. I know. It's not that noticeable, but you know what? I will always remember. It'll haunt you. I know. So, Tim, our guest this week is the host of the Flyers podcast, Brotherly Pod, OMB Podcast, and Angry Negative. He is also the co-founder of the Brotherly Puck, as well as the founder of the National Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from the city of brotherly love, known as Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, our guest, Daniel Ash. Dan, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Good, uh, great to be here. We've been jabbering all season, so it's about time I get to join the show, huh? Is uh, this the first time we've had him on in the pseudo flesh here yes, yes it is yes it is it's hard to believe because i believe the last time that we get a chance to talk you had to say some nice things about the ottawa senators yeah i had to break up my uh, vintage dominic hashik jersey and say some good things about danny he's not killing anybody while he was with your team i believe wow <laughs> i know i was watching that and i'm biting my lips thinking i know he's kidding but still, I'm like, wow, I can't believe he went there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's all in good fun. It is. So, Dan, before we go on to talk about your work with the podcasts and the network, I feel the best way we should start off this interview is by talking a little bit about the Flyers. Now, at the time of this recording, the Flyers are 30, 18, and 7 after beating the Washington Capitals 7 and 2 on Saturday. Philly was dealt a big blow before the season as Nolan Patrick was diagnosed with migraines. However, the season has been noted for a couple of reasons for both good and bad. Fans got their first chance to see Carter Hart as their number one netminder, as well as the unfortunate circumstances of Oscar Lindbergh's being diagnosed with cancer in December. So coming into the season, what kind of expectations did you have on the Flyers? And overall, how have you felt that team has performed under it? Man, it's a it's an extremely loaded question. This team has been just an absolute roller coaster this year. You know, coming in, they fired you know Dave Hextall and Ron Hextall at the end of last season, which was you know way overdue. Uh, they brought Chuck Fletcher in. They hired Elaine Vigneau as well as Mike Yao and uh, Michelle Terrian for the assistant coaches. And there were high expectations. Then you know there was the Nolan Patrick loss uh, during. Uh, I believe it was June that he was actually diagnosed, and we didn't find out about it until after training camp ended um, as fans. So that was a blow right away. Kevin Hayes was Kevin Hayes was brought in over the summer, paid a, a pretty big contract that we weren't thrilled with at the time, but he's essentially become one of their best players. And, uh, you know, Carter Hart has looked good. He just come back from an injury tonight. He's looked uh, good through one period so far. Losing Lindblom was huge. He was in the middle of a breakout season. Probably their best defensive winger, the best two-way winger. Um, you know, he was breaking out offensively, and then he went down with cancer. Obviously a, a heartbreaking diagnosis. But, you know, they've been able to rebound fairly well for the most part. You know, the team does look good. From the beginning, it was kind of called a transition year. You know, we're kind of getting out of the doldrums of the Ron Hextall era and kind of moving on and, and building from the foundation that he laid. And it's very, it's been very much a transition year. You know, there's been a lot of good, a lot of ups and a lots of downs. They're on the playoff bubble right now. I mean, because the Metro division is so stacked, they are, uh, you know, struggling to get in back in the wild card picture. But overall, it's been a very good season. There's been a whole lot of positives. And uh, hopefully they can, you know, keep winning games here later and secure a playoff spot for the first time in two years. Has it already been two years since the Flyers last made the playoffs? 
They missed last year, and they uh, the Penguins in 2018, where they got blown out of the water in five, six games, whatever it was. Ooh, that's right. I, actually, it's funny you do mention the Kevin Haynes signing, because I remember when Tim and I did our off-season free agency episode, and we talked about that signing, and we said, that's a signing that, I I don't know, I didn't really make any sense for Philadelphia to give him that kind of money, because I look at the player, and I'm thinking, Kevin Haynes is not worth $7 million a season. I'm sorry, but he just isn't, and I see how he's been doing in Philadelphia, but... For me, I don't know, maybe because I don't watch him all the time, maybe that's why it's still kind of hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that they're paying him seven mil per. See, I think that's what it was for me as well. You know, obviously, being in the Metro Division, you always see the Rangers quite a bit, and, and I saw him there, and I watched the playoffs when he was with Winnipeg, and I thought, man, he's just a guy. You know, so when they gave him, you know, $7.1 million, it was really the length for me. It wasn't the average. I mean, the average kind of just sucks. If it was down, you know, six and a half, it'd be fine. But, you know, half a million isn't a whole lot. It was the seven years that really got me at first. I'm like, what are you locking this guy in so long-term for? But, you know, now that I'm seeing him play every single night, I mean, his two-way play is incredibly stellar. He doesn't have even the most goals on the team or anything like that, but he has been around the net all year. Uh, he's second on the team in scoring with 17, uh, 17 goals behind Travis Konecki with 18. So he's up there. He's got hot as the season went on. There was a stretch in November there where he was all around the net. He's playing very strong, but he wasn't scoring a whole lot. And, you know, he's been able to find the back of the net uh, lately, which has been good. And he's just, I mean, especially losing Nolan Patrick in the offseason, you know, uh, to the migraine disorder. It was a huge signing at the time because outside of Sean Couturier and, you know, the aging Claude Giroux, they don't have a lot of help right now down the middle. So it was a massive signing at the time, and he's been far better than I think most people expected him to be. So one thing I always love asking whenever I get a chance to chat with somebody regarding their team, whether it's hockey or whatever sport it may be, is how and why they became a fan of said team. Now, I know this question is pretty self-explanatory given that you live in the city, but how did you become a Flyers fan? Was it a certain player, a certain moment, or just the fact that they were the local team that inspired you to become a fan? More or less just the local team. Both my parents were big Flyers fans, so I was kind of born into this mess. And... Uh... <laughs> And yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I played hockey. I was a big Hurricanes fan, actually, for a long time, you know, during the, the uh, Eric Stahl era there when he first started out and they won the cup. And I, Marty Brodeur was a big influence on me. I played goaltender because of him. And, and it was just kind of, uh, you know, I watched all these other teams and then just kind of eventually fell back into back into the Flyers fandom here as their, you know, the local team, the most easy to get access to, and eventually just uh, more or less fell in love with them. That's fantastic. Now, I know for Tim and myself, because we both lived on the West Coast when we became Sens fans, the local team would be the Canucks, but I don't know what it is for us being Sens fans. I think because we both saw the team as being really good, and Tim, for yourself, is it safe to say that you also hated the Leafs like I did, and that's why we became Sens fans? Yeah, well, the other thing is I'm from the East Coast, so it's a bit less mystifying. (laughs) It's true, but I mean... Yeah, but you're from Nova Scotia. The closest team would have been the Habs, not the Sens. Yeah, but they sucked. True, but I mean, have you seen the Sens and nowadays? Boston also sucked. <laughs> the Sens at that point were actually fun to watch. God, I really do miss those kind of Sens teams that were actually, you know, fun to watch and they won every night. You know what? Our time was due. It's true, it's true, but you know what? We're coming back, so I can't really complain. So, Dan, there is one burning question that I'm sure our listeners, as well as ourselves, would love to know. So, in the Landscape of Sense podcast that includes more well-known shows like the Sense Call-Ups and Cost for Pointcast, 
what was it about Third Line Plug that inspired you to bring us onto the network? Was it a certain episode, a moment, or did you just look at our overall body of work and say that these are somebody that I want for the network? Yeah, you know, I wanted a, a Senators podcast that was up on the up and up and, you know, kind of unique and different. And, and I think that's what I found in you guys. And you know, a lot of the guys, you know, I, I went through so many podcasts, not just of the Senators, but every NHL team and, you know, kind of picked the ones that were independent and on the rise and ones that could definitely benefit from the community that I've been trying to grow. That's, that's pretty good because I know that when you reached out to us to bring us onto the network, I know Tim and I had been asked in the past about other networks and there was always kind of a hesitance because they always wanted to kind of restrict what we did creatively or they wanted to put us under contract. And that was the one thing that I noticed when you do talk to us, it was that you weren't going to limit us freedomly. You weren't going to put us under contract. You didn't listen, I have a network, just go do what you do and we'll support it. Yeah, you weren't the only show that told me that there were other networks that wanted, you know, contracts or wanted me to, you know, dictate how they handle the show. And that's just not what I'm going for here. You know, the whole reason I started this was just a place where we can gather shows. You know, everybody and their grandmother has a podcast these days. And I think the best way to succeed is coming together and putting out the content that we do. And I don't think changing that or, or forcing people to stick to some guidelines are the way to go. You know, I, as a person myself, I don't like to be hindered on my shows. And that's why I have my own show. You know, I don't like to take rules from other people or, or be stuck in some guidelines. So I didn't want that to be put upon the shows that I was bringing on my network. And I think the best quality work people put out is when they're inspired and when they can do their own thing. And it's one thing I've always kind of, kind of strange about some of those other offers is like, okay, you find something you like, then you tell them, hey, work with me, but I'm going to change everything you do. Yeah. What's the point? No, no. I don't know what the what the reasoning behind that is. I guess it's just so they can have some kind of, some kind of control and put it in their own words, I guess. But I don't know. I never thought that was the way to, to go about this idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so moving on, uh, we've asked some pretty important questions, but uh, I think the most important of all is coming up right now. What do you think about Gritty? I think he's a very good marketing tool that took away a lot of the heat from the Flyers last year when they were just absolutely abysmal. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoy him. He brings some kind of fun to this team. You know, he, especially on the other you know, nights when things aren't going well, he does something wacky, it, it takes away. But I guess that's what his job is. But, you know, it's fun, fun to have around. It's you know, I guess it's more for the kids at this point, but I, I definitely am interested in, in he keeps in everything fun. And, you know, when he goes to jail for assaulting a kid and then he gets cleared of all the charges because it was all BS to begin with. So that was, it's been a very uh, crazy month for Gritty around here, actually. Yeah. Speaking about the assault charges, one thing I've noticed about a lot of the publicity around it is they don't refer to, they very rarely, and I think it's only <laughs> a place that do refer to it as the man in the Gritty suit. It's almost the always just gritty. entire time they were talking about him like he was a sentient being of his own. Like he's not a guy in a costume. And that was the best part about the whole thing. It was, oh, Gritty's doing this and Gritty did that. It's like, there's a guy in there, right? Like, <laughs> just the but way they, like, they talked about it in the media was, was fantastic. Yeah, it's like, it's so fun that it's like, here's this character that the Philadelphia Flyers have invented that somehow just gets completely typecast as this incredibly violent thing. 
It was always kind of the undertone. I mean, even I believe the first tweet he ever had was at the Penguins, and he's like, you better sleep with one eye open, Penguins, or something like that. And there's always kind of been that horror movie undertone kind of about him. You know, the, the eyes and the staring and, you know, some of the Instagram posts and Twitter. And, and there's always kind of been that, that evil undertone. And I always thought that was really cool because it just kind of fits fits the, the gritty character, the Philadelphia, you know, Broad Street bully mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome to see that. Because a lot of mascots of Sparta Cat obviously exempted or just kind of there. And yeah, I'm glad that's It's funny. is like, I know Bailey in L.A. exists. And I know Montreal exists, but, like, when they do these mascot things, it's kind of like, I didn't know this many teams had mascots, because they just, they don't do anything, you know, they're just there for the entertainment purposes, but they don't really have their own, you know, unique characters or personality or have a big social media reach, so I think that's one thing that Gritty did, I mean, from the second he debuted. Yeah, it's honestly fantastic for him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's entertaining for sure, and... <laughs> That's <laughs> the one thing. It's always kind of fun. It definitely brings a unique flavor to this organization that you know there wasn't before. So we all we all love gritty around here. Well, it's funny for myself being a Canadian because, and you're talking about the Montreal the Montreal Canadiens mascot Yuppie, is that when I first saw Gritty, my first reaction was, Gritty just looks like Yuppie if he went on like a three week meth bender. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. He was like. Like, Yuppie and the Philly Fanatic came together and had a kid or something. Just a very, very uh, bizarre design. I remember when it first came out, I'm like, they were hyping up the mascot. And it's like, all right, Flyers are getting a mascot. You know, what could this possibly be? And he came out and it was like, what the hell am I looking at here? And the, that was the original uh, thought pattern for most. And all these, you know, Philly Fanatic on cocaine references and stuff. And it was fantastic. And then, you know, after a couple weeks, it's kind of like, all right, we all love this guy. He's not scary anymore. Well, didn't the Flyers back in the 70s or 80s have a mascot as well? And it was more... Slapshot! Slapshot, yeah. yeah. I don't think he was around very long. No? A couple of years. But, uh, yeah, they did have a mascot, which the photos are absolutely terrifying if you've never seen them. But uh, <laughs> we're looking this guy up now. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Up here in Canada, one of our one of our more noted sportscasters is Jay on right, Dan O'Toole. And when Grady first was announced, they were talking about it on her show, and they brought a picture of Slapshot, and he says... Look at him. He just looks like he has a really bad back. He goes, oh, my back. Yeah. You know what he reminds me of? You remember those old Boris and Natasha cartoons from, like, Rocky the Flying Squirrel? I don't know, actually. He looks like Boris. I'm going to have to so, look that up now, man. I don't know. I'm not too sure about that reference, to be honest with you. You don't remember Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh, no, I do remember Rocky and Bullwinkle, but I don't remember that certain cartoon you're talking about okay so like uh boris and natasha were the villains like the oh those two okay yeah i do remember that yeah 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 and they totally look yeah boris totally looks like the sorry uh slapshot totally looks like boris (laughs) oh that's funny so, as we set off the top, you're, Dan, you're also the founder of the National Podcast Network. Now, as of this interview, including as there are 14 podcasts currently on the network, talk to a little bit about what inspired you to start up the network, and when it comes to bringing on podcasts, what kind of stuff do you look for in said shows? You know, I wanted to start it, you know, I was 
kind of expanding brotherly puck at the time with a national site that has since uh, I've since kind of put on the back burner uh, for the time being. But you know, I wanted something a little different, and you know, I was growing brotherly pod. We were probably around for five six months before I started the network, and my uh, angry negative co-host Angry Jim he has his own show as well, uh, HW Radio. So. I, you know, I just wanted something where we can kind of grow together. You know, uh, going out there alone was fine, but you know, we probably could have handled. But I wanted something a little more, and I originally wanted it to be kind of a flyers, you know, network. But that would have consisted of maybe three or four shows at the time, and then just thought maybe we can expand that a little more. So I, you know, I, you know, I'm launching National Podcast, may as well launch the National Podcast Network as well, and I you know, went through Twitter and found pretty much every podcast from every team that I could. And you was listening to them, listening to samples of them and seeing which ones I liked, which ones were available, you know, not part of a, a network already. And, uh, you guys were the ones for the senators that I liked the most. So that's how, uh, you know, you guys kind of came to be on the network. That's fantastic. Cause I remember when third line plug came on, I think we were the eighth podcast on there and when i had a chance to look at the, the other podcast i noticed that it was very flyers heavy so i was like okay they're it's based out of philadelphia that kind of makes sense but i remember it was like all flyers minus three of us and there was like us there was a penguins one and then i think there was one for fantasy hockey i want to say if i'm not mistaken yeah it was just, it was the easiest one that reached out. You know, it was the Brotherly Pod and HW uh, Radio, which is the Angry Jim show. And we had uh, one of my uh, friends reach out who does a Flyers podcast as well when I brought up the idea and he wanted to join. So that's how that happened. And, you know, I called in a couple favors from uh, Penn's show, the Where's My Stick, uh, good friends with Danielle over there. And a couple other shows reached out along the way. So, you know, the Islanders reached out, got some Sabre shows now, and a couple fantasy goes, as well as a couple uh, overarching shows that uh, touch on the whole NHL. How are the Sabres fans dealing with it? Not very well, based on Twitter. But, uh, I don't, uh, don't entirely blame them right now. Oh. No, I don't blame them, but I did hear that there was one rumor, and given that you are a Flyers fan, there's one rumor that the Flyers might have been interested in Jack Eichel, but I don't, I don't know, realistically, I just don't know if that would be even possible for Philadelphia to land him. That one sent Flyers Twitter into a meltdown there for almost two days. Uh, that entire theory, some, I guess was a Sabres fan, wrote on a piece of loose-leaf paper a trade theory that was Eichel, Ristolainen, and Zemgis Jurgensen for, I believe it was Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Shane Goss, Bear Carter Hart, and a second-round pick in 2021. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you know, I would love Jack Eichel on the team, and I wouldn't even mind giving up Sean Couturier for him, but, like, then you throw Drew in there, and you throw Carter Hart in there, and it's like, that trade was just absolutely insane. But, yeah, it definitely uh, had Flyers Twitter talking for a little while. The poor guy got ratioed on Twitter, but, you know, that's what happens when you suggest a stupid trade, I guess. That's true. But yeah, and it doesn't even seem like trolling because it's almost too earnest yeah i think he was being legit which is even worse <laughs> no kidding so including your founding of the national podcast network you also had an in the founding of the flyers blog slash podcast site brotherly puck where you also serve as contributor talk to us a little bit about the formation of brotherly puck came about and how often from a writing standpoint do you contribute to the site it just kind of came about, you know, I bounced around for a couple sites there, and 
I just wanted to do my own thing. And I was, you know, contributing for a couple sites and I, Garrett reached out, who was my co-founder and he goes, you know, I've been sitting on this idea for a little while. And, you know, if you wanted to take up interest in it, don't know how interested you were, maybe you can, you know, uh, join it. And I said, Oh, that's cool. You know, what's the name? And he said, brotherly puck. And I said, God damn, I love that name, you know, and, and it's something that's stuck in my head for a couple weeks before I made the decision, probably like two and a half weeks before I, I reached back out to him. But I had all these ideas and, and you know, the, the brotherly pod and brotherly puck and, you know, all these clever names and ideas. And and I reached back out and I said, Garrett, you know, can we still do that? He goes, yeah, sure. So we, you know, set up the page and the, the, the website and the Twitter page and got everything going and found a couple people that, you know, I could uh, bring on to write. And we have geez, probably almost two dozen writers now, uh, on and off. And yeah, I do contribute. I was never a big fan of writing news pieces. It's just not my thing. You know, I, every time I write one, uh, something seems to happen afterwards. Like I wrote a piece last year about Anthony Stolarz, who was, you know, one of their top goalie prospects at the time. And you know how he could be the backup of the future. And then two weeks later he was traded to Edmonton. So it's just, I don't like wasting all that time just for stuff that's not going to be useful in the future. So I do a lot of my writing in the summer, you know, fun top five lists and and biographies and redrafting. It's more fun stuff. You know, I I love hockey history and I love researching hockey history. And that's where I kind of come in more as a writer. You know, I, I live tweet every night on Brotherly Puck. Um, and and from my own account and <laughs> it's just more fun you know i think i just wanted to have more fun and, and the best way to do that is your own thing where i don't have to adhere to anybody else's you know rules and guidelines mm-hmm. and i know for and you were just talking about your summer writing what you were telling me about your <clears throat> excuse me your articles about redrafting and your top five list tim and i do the very same thing for our off-season episodes because you know, throughout the season, we talk so much about the sends of the NHL and current news. It's always good for us to let our hair go down and just talk about those kind of things because I think there's so many, so many fun ideas that we could go about it. Like we do a segment called Redraft. In the last couple of drafts we've done, we've done the Eric Lindros sweepstakes, the Alexander Dag sweepstakes, and the Mario Lemieux draft. And I know, and I'm sure this coming off season we'll probably bring that back. But it is very fitting that you were talking about that, given that we also do that on our podcast. I think it's just fun. It's fun, and, you know, like I said, I love to learn about the history and some fun things, and and that's a very easy way to do it, and I think that's where a lot of my writing is based. We don't do it too much on the shows. Maybe that's something we'll incorporate this summer, but um, I just like writing. I like learning, and I like sharing my findings with others. I think it's the cool way for everybody to, you know, kind of learn a little bit and, and grow over the game of hockey. Well, it's also probably one of the best parts of being a fan is just looking at stuff, figuring it out, and then sharing it. Looking back on the better times before everything was so bad. <laughs> Dan, what, so far in this interview, we've got a chance to bring up your work with the National Podcast Network as well as Brotherly Puck. One thing we haven't touched on yet is your work with the Flyers podcaster on, like Brotherly Pod, OMB, and Angry Negative. As a fellow podcaster, we can talk with you for hours regarding how said podcast came about, the dynamics you have with your co-host, or just chat about how what or just chatting about how it goes into it. However, I'm actually more interested in learning about how you manage your time with the Flyers podcast you do, writing for Brotherly Pock, running the network, and just balancing everything out with a social life and a career. So overall, how do you feel you do managing and balancing your time between everything you do? It's uh, 
little challenging. You know, I get people all the time that ask, how do you do, you know, four or five shows a week? And the simple answer is that I've got some free time in the evenings that I can, you know, record shows. And that's just what I do. You know, I have a background in radio. I went to school for radio communications and broadcasting uh, for a couple of years. I have my MA in music at the time. I'm a current music teacher in the evenings. And it's just kind of spreading the wealth. You know, I always enjoyed the radio. And again, it's something that I felt like I can do better myself. So I kind of started the show. My first podcast, I was brought on as a regular guest on the OMB podcast before I joined them on a full-time basis about six months later. Been doing that since, oh geez, I don't know, two and a half years now. And uh, I always enjoyed it, but I just think that there were things that could have been done differently and that's kind of how brotherly pod came about when i started my own brand and brotherly puck i thought you know brotherly puck brotherly pod that kind of rolls off the tongue nice and you know joined that and was doing multiple segments on there i was doing my own show for a while where i was solo and then the first guest i ever brought on as a full episode was angry jim and you know it was kind of one of those things where it was a show it was fine it was like the first show i ever did where i was hosting with a guest and was kind of nervous a little uncomfortable and I was editing a show and promoting it, and I go, wait a second, he's Angry Jim, and I'm kind of known as Negative Dan from time to time. And I go, the Angry and Negative show. Like, what better way to describe Philadelphia sports? So that's kind of how that came to be, and we have since expanded that show uh, to be our own solo show there, which we do two times a week, usually post-game. We got one uh, coming up later tonight, uh, and we'll be back on Thursday as well. So, And that gives more time for brotherly pod where i can focus on you know guests and shows over there and it's just you know it's just a lot of fun i always thought that podcasting was you know something that i kind of wanted to do like i said i wanted to be more on the radio but you know the that career path is is relatively slim as far as job openings so this is the kind of the next best thing and you know managing the time it just kind of happens you know writing i do typically you know on and off during the day i'll always always reading something about you know the flyers and flyers history or hockey history and learning and, and coming up with ideas through articles that way you know top five is something i can usually pump out in a couple hours if need be so you know any free time during the day i'm usually writing and then free time at night i'm podcasting solid so tim do you have any questions you want to ask dan before we segue into rapid fire no but i think we've got some good ones for rapid fire loaded up for sure so, Dan, we can't thank you enough for doing this interview, and we really wish you can come back on, hopefully, very, very soon. So, before we go any further, can we interest you in a quick round of Rapid Fire? Sure. Okay. So, just for those who don't know, Rapid Fire was a segment started on the Jan Dan podcast when they were working for Fox Sports. However, since they've moved from Fox Sports back to TSN up here in Canada, they have abandoned Rapid Fire, so I have decided to take it and claim it as my own. So, we're going to start off with some pretty easy, simple questions, Dan. And we're going to start off with, what is the best drinking establishment in Philadelphia? Jeez, that's a kind of a tough one. It really depends who you ask. It's one of those things that, you know, if you ask the casuals, you know, you're probably going to get, you know, something more along the lines of, of you know, Geno's or Pat's. They have, you know, the beer there. But I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't really live in the city anymore. I went to school down in Drexel, which is nearby, but I'm more up in the Allentown area now. So I, I don't really know. That's a that's a, t a good question. I'm going to need to ask around. Maybe uh, maybe I'll ask Angry Jim later, see what he says about that one. He would know better than I do. What is one thing you would recommend to see or do in Philadelphia that isn't a tourist trap? 
isn't a Taurus trap. Huh. I don't know. That's another tough one. I, I think, quite frankly, I like Pen... Uh, isn't a Taurus trap. Everything down there is a Taurus trap. <laughs> you know what's funny? Every time we do these kind of questions with rapid fire, this is the one that always stumps everybody. Because usually the people we ask are coming from Ottawa. And really, the only, it's a lot of a tourist trap too, right? Obviously, government town, whatever. But I figured with Philadelphia being so big that I would imagine there's some really cool stuff that the locals would know that maybe that isn't a tourist trap. I can't. I think everything is a tourist trap down there these days. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything that's kind of uh, kind of off the map and secluded. I always like the Reading Terminal Market and just to go down. That's fun, but you know, it's it's a market. It's a relatively uh, well known place down there. But that's always fun to go down there and try out a whole bunch of food. That'd be my uh, suggestion if you're in the area. Okay. Greatest Philadelphia Flyer who didn't play on the 1970s Cup winning teams. Samuel Moran, of course. How did I know you were going to say that? Because <laughs> it, it's the right answer. <laughs> if you had to do a 100-meter foot race between yourself and Gritty, who would win? I don't know. Gritty's kind of scary. I think he would win. He'd probably pull out some kind of spike strip or something and, and screw me up. So I think Gritty would win that. Okay. If you had to fight one of the podcasters on your network, who would it be? Oh, Angry Jim. In a heartbeat. <laughs> if another Twitter bet was to be done between Third Line Plug and Brotherly Pod, how many nice things would you have to say about Brady to Chuck? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think there's anything nice to say about Brady to Chuck. Well, he's not Matthew. That's true. Wow. There you go. That's <laughs> scraping the barrel there. Yeah. Hey, that's not true. Brady actually fights his battles. Wow. Oh, well, what? What do you want me You're to say? Wrong. I'm not wrong. Uh, that's a good time. As a Flyers fan, what are your thoughts on the Vancouver, BC-based punk band, The Hextalls? The what? <laughs> the Hextalls. I'm uh, going to have to check them out. Never heard of them. Yeah, they, they do a lot of hockey-based songs. A couple of them is... What do we come in the song thinking of? Uh, I don't want to be a New York Ranger. I think another one. Well, the most notable one is uh, Number One Cop, which is a song about Sergei Bobrovsky. So that's the one I easily recommend to check out. Hmm. I'll have to look them up when we're done here. Solid. So, Dan, final question we have for Rapid Fire. Now, usually for this segment, because a lot of people we talk to are from Ottawa, Ontario, there's a burger place there called Burgers and Fries. Oh, God forever. damn it. I'm not going to ask about Burgers and Fries Forever because he's not in Ottawa. Because Burgers and Fries Forever in Ottawa is a burger place that has divided Tim and I because he thinks it's the best burger place in town. I think it's kind of overrated. But because you are a Philadelphia Flyers fan and because you're in Philadelphia, I got to ask the all-important question. Dan, Pat, or Geno's? Neither. Jim Steaks is the right answer on that one. Pat's and Geno's is, is for tourists. Jim's is the, the way to go in terms of if you're looking for quality. But if I had to pick between Pat's and Geno's, it's 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 Pat's. Solid. Glad we got the scoop on cheesesteak. I know. I'm actually, you know what's surprising? I'm actually craving a cheesesteak right now. Uh, so, so, Dan, 
as we said, we can't thank you enough for coming on to the podcast. Now, two things before we let you go. First of all, where can everybody find you on social media as well as the Brotherly Pod, National Podcast Network, and all your work that you do? Well, you can find me at Den of Flyer Fan. You can find the site at Brotherly Puck, at Brotherly underscore pod, at Angry Negative, as well as at National Pod Net. Solid. Now, usually with a lot of these guests, we would get them to either yell or say Hot Sam Bacho, but because you're a Flyers fan and because you and ourselves both share a hatred for a certain team, can we get a pen suck out of you? Awesome. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Boy, I gotta say, Tim, that was a great interview with our podcast co-host, Daniel Esch. Well, I had a ton of fun. Or actually, I should say network network boss, I should say, not podcast co-host. Not Overlord? Yeah, Overlord works. So, Tim, with that being said, should we segue into the close for another evening? As always. Okay. First of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love bringing it to you. We're on the National Podcast Network. You can find us on nationalpodcast.network. We can find our links to iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You're also on Twitter. At Third Line Plug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at m 9 Badger and at Great White Gipster, G-R-8-W-I-T-E, Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about our interview this evening with National Podcast Network and Brotherly Pucks, Daniel Ash, shoot us an email, thirdlinebooksoundscast at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensen. Go Sands, guys. Woo!